Welcome to Content with Content, a podcast discussing the unique journeys of online creators, especially from the perspective of video game cover musicians on YouTube and the many paths to being content with your content. If you haven't caught up, we did an episode on branding, and this is part two. Go watch that first. I think that a lot of people think of branding as symbols and logos, and there's something to that. You recently under, well, I don't want to say recently because that's going to date us, uh, but at some point in your career, you used to be known by a certain name and a certain logo, and you decided that was not consistent (laughs) with where you want to go in the future, and so Mm -hmm. you rebranded yourself under your own personal name, whether, you know, whereas with me, I'm still going by this this teenage <laughs> angsty name that I had and I'll never change to my real name because I have a professional life and I can't mix those two. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like that. Like there's, there's that question of, you know, what does it mean to be mm-hmm. Swiggles RP right. versus what does it mean to be Row, especially <laughs> with music? Of course. Um, let me try to get the giggles out while I say this because uh, I've never – I, I've probably said this on some interview or podcast once or twice, but um, for those of you new to me, of course, or or new to this concept, I went by a childish kind of joking name I came up with called Swiggles. Um, it started when I set up Xbox Live, so that dates when this happened. And um, <laughs> I, gr- I grew up with parents who, you know, loved that I liked music, but they were a little strict on different things. And I definitely didn't want to overstep the uh, put your name on the internet boundary that I thought existed. So I just thought, you know, whatever, I'll just be Swiggles. And uh, my dad thought that all the people online had numbers at the end. So I put in 1987, <laughs> which was the year that um, my folks moved uh, to America from India. So um, that's the significant That's a security thing. issue, bro. You can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> More importantly, it led to massive confusion. I think, and I have to ask my dad why, and he won't remember, but I think he also wanted me to seem older even though I was like 16 at the time. That's but, also uh, a security issue. You are uh, I'm a liar. 38 years old. <laughs> I would know if I was 38 years old. Um, but yeah, so Swiggles, 1987. Just everyone listening to this right now, tell me, when you just hear that, does it evoke anything, anything related to games, music, or just anything? It sounds like a bunch of gibberish, which... Hopefully means that oh this guy this guy's kind of a funny guy maybe so uh, it's very years, distinctive though it is very distinctive ungoogleable but then again your real name is also very distinctive I lucked out I'm you know I have a somewhat common uncommon first name and a definitely unique last name like if I see another Panaganti he he's related to me or she's related to me like no questions so what that meant in terms of branding is. Um, I felt like, you know, that name carried some sort of connotation weight, and it's not because I was in love with it and everyone else hated it. I wasn't being bullied about being Swiggles. I didn't like it. Um, So I felt like, and this is like a little more personal-ish, but I didn't feel like my truest, like, self. I felt like I was scared of being judged for liking video game metal or just being myself on the internet, and I wasn't the cocky, confident person I am now, so to speak, (laughs) until 
I realized, okay, this 1987 thing is confusing. Uh, let me try to get people to take myself, you know, more seriously. So I changed 1987 to RP, and uh, everyone understood it immediately because they already knew me as Ro. I would tell people, I'm Ro, call me Ro, and that's when I realized you're, or I'm myself, you know? I'm not just this guitarist person. I'm a, There's more inside me. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I ended up going by that for a while, and then uh, Materia Collective was founded, and the legitimacy it evokes you know, like when you see someone really, really working hard, establishing websites and communicating with people who really, really make a difference. I I made a one or one album, and it got some legitimate um, publicity. The Wild, and um, you know, like when you have that moment where you finally feel like what you're doing is making some sort of impact. It was like yeah, <laughs> it was like fifty percent of that. So I was like, okay, let's, I want the world to see me for me. I know that I can be a unique person if I work hard enough. Screw it. I'm Ro Panagonti. And then everyone, <laughs> you know, it's like the Iron Man moment, except without the press. And, um, <laughs> but the significance of the serious branding of who I am, what makes me unique, completely changed, um, not how people view me alone, but just how I viewed myself as a as a musician, hobbyist, or otherwise, you know? So that's why I felt comfortable for the first time. I was like, Ro Paniganti, nobody does what that maniac does. And <laughs> that's all there really was to it. Um, so don't name yourself something that you're not going to be happy with if you actually do make it. Because, dang it, y you might make it. Right. What I I think that I think that there's a core to the story that I really love, and that is saying a whole lot of things about how uh, music in general is changing. Mm -hmm. it, it used to be that I think video game music was perceived as not being that legitimate, and so of mm. course it makes sense if you don't think that video game music is very serious to want to hide it away from your real identity, and you know what's a more gamerific type of name than, you know, some made up word and years after that. Like it, it just yep. makes sense. But what we've been seeing over and over is that video game music is definitely something where you can associate yourself with and it is completely normal. It is completely professional. There are now people who will play concerts of it. It's something that if you're now becoming professionally trained you can start seeing that you can go to school and uh mm -hmm. we have several friends who are at various prestigious schools who right. are incorporating video game music in there and so it makes sense now that you don't have to hide about it you don't have to you don't have to um right obscure yourself if you don't want to um i would say you know for me like i uh, most people in the community know what my name is like i'll accept you on facebook or whatever but i still mm -hmm. use subversive asset Mainly because I'm still a kid in heart. No, um, mainly <laughs> because I am still trying to have a veneer of separation. It's not very hard to go between my uh -oh. <laughs> online identity. It's 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 that'll be a good episode. Talk about security risk. Uh, it is not very hard, but it still is a little bit of separation. And it plus it allows me to do some really fun puns, and it does allow me to add a bit more mm -hmm. of my culture 
you know, what is an asset? Well, it's an accounting term, and I'm going to throw a bunch of accounting terms at you and subvert your expectation of what an accountant is. And so um, my, my struggle has been, though, that in terms of branding, um, I, I, I do have a lot of these different parts. And mm-hmm. I, I think that I know we, we wanted to have a certain time limit on this. but Sure. <laughs> We're hitting the half an going. hour. Which is um, one of the things about branding is, yes, you are a person first. And as a person, you have a lot of different facets. You have a lot of different aspects of your personality, a lot of different things of, of your life story, but not mm-hmm. all of them are going to be relevant to a particular brand. Sure. And so, for example, I can definitely think of, you know, four or five different hardcore hobbies or interests that I have mm-hmm. that I generally keep them separate because they they don't necessarily mix. Sometimes sure. I'll bring the, them together, like, you know, I'll talk fencing with video game music or I'll, yes. you know, I'll do things like that, but it's not a general thing. And so for me, the issue is branding has to be a conscious decision to relate the aspects that are relevant to a particular brand together. And so I guess my issue is how far can a music brand go? So one of my other major hobbies is I'm hugely analytical. I am hugely into um, just diving into Stats. things and figuring out how they work. And so my channel, I used to have a lot of these videos doing that. And I would be so sad that they wouldn't get any views. And yeah, you know, when you look at it from the outside coming in, someone coming to listen to music is not necessarily thinking about analysis. But for me, mm. I feel strongly enough about analysis as a core because it's part of my concept of the cover story. It's not just a song. It's a story that makes people hopefully think differently about right. the video game world itself mm-hmm. or makes people think differently about how they themselves are reflected in video games. Sure. Um, and so for me, it's actually very important that I have people who go to my channel and watch my videos and who will say, oh, I don't really read the stories. That's not what I'm there for. (laughs) And to me, that seems like a huge brand, a branding failure. Like, okay, I understand Mm. if you like my music and you don't, you don't necessarily want to hear the story, but the story is so crucial to me Sure, that I can easily say you're, you're missing out on half, if not more of my content, if you're not, I would agree reading the story. No, I would totally agree. And, I've actually never felt more, I've never felt more in your shoes than there. Cause I just realized like if, if I watched a subversive asset video and then just left it on the side, I'm, I'm missing out so much content. And you know, if you watched a Roponigante video, um, and you didn't watch, you're missing all of the video shots and the stupid effects and half the effort and half the point. Right. Right. So that's a branding failure. If you know, people aren't. I guess lured is that the question? Like, right? If if, mm-hmm. if it's not communicated to them that this is something yes. that they need to be paying attention to, then if they find it, they're going to find whatever the value they're looking for, and then they're not mm-hmm. going to necessarily pay attention to the stuff that's that they don't think is important. Interesting. So, I think one one question I I wanted to ask is who do mm-hmm. you think are great brands within mm-hmm. video game music? Because I definitely have some thoughts on this. People who I think yes. get around a lot of these you know, issues of game centricity. And I think I have some theories on how they do it. 
but I wanted to ask you first. Sure, sure. Um, so <clears throat> obviously we should, we'll both be prefacing that we're only going to be able to name so many, um, but uh, there's a ton of you know people in the VGM community that are doing this well. Um, obviously, I think um, my buddy Insane the Rain Music has captured himself very well in terms of a musician to where he could uh, establish not not just a format, but a growing format. And um, I think part of his brand, which, you know, you see a saxophone, the white vector image saxophone, which I thought that was the Reaper image. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. You, you can associate such a simple symbol and such a simple concept, um, you know, a jazz musician who, you know, he doesn't just play saxophone, but I think it's uh, bled into his Twitch career where he's been playing, um, you know, Video games, music, obviously, and speedrunning, actually, and um, I think I think it's a very good sense of brand. Now, outside of uh, video game music, one of my favorite channels is Binging with Babish, who um, does cooking videos based on television, movies, and the sort. Um, and he's established a very strong branding by picking a very popular topic, taking a niche aspect of it. That's and then using a very like worldwide appealing subject of food and then sticking to format. Um, you know, BWB, it's literally how I got content with content. I mean, what, <laughs> right? Right? So, I, uh, how about you? I really love those examples. Mm. Uh, you stole my insane in the rain example because I wanted to go on to him, and sure. but you also <laughs> gave me an inspiration. Um, I'm not going to give another musician, sorry, I'm just going to keep going on insane in the rain music. I promise you, he did not pay me to do this. Um, so the thing that I really appreciate about mm -hmm. Carlos Insane in the Rain music is that he knows he's the jazz guy. And mm -hmm. there was at a point at some time when he changed his logo from prioritizing video game music to prioritizing that he is that he makes something like he says he makes new jazz arrangements. Arrangements, yes. And so this was I, I I don't remember when he explicitly was discussing this, but I think it was very intentional. Jazz mm -hmm. arrangements says the primary thing you need to know about his his what he's trying to do is that it's it's paying tribute to video game music, but right. he sees himself as an arranger that's based in jazz and and in his descriptions of his videos, he will discuss how he is picking from several different subgenres and several different motifs mm -hmm. and 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 different concepts from different jazz arrangers, jazz performers over time. And so what that does is, even if you are not familiar with the video game that he is playing, but you are a fan of jazz, it is worthwhile right. to follow him and subscribe to him and watch his stuff. And that's perfect. Mm -hmm. This is why I've been really on this kick of thinking about genre. <laughs> what is my genre? Because genre centricity, that is a particularly effective type of branding because there are people there who are discussing jazz. There's people there who would say, I'm a jazz aficionado. There are people there who would, if you said, I'm a jazz musician who does things like X, Y, or Z, they know right. what you're about before they click. That's and that's a good really point. impressive. Right. So I, I think I think you nailed it with um, 
almost like a lead into genre talk, but that's that's one of those things where you you can associate it before you click it. I think that's a really poignant way of putting it and something that uh, I definitely think we should strive to achieve, especially because, again, I want people to not think of me as Swiggles, some goofy, you know, made up word. When they see Roponiganti, you know, they'll probably think, oh, India. (laughs) And like, I, I don't I don't know. It's not like my name is like Thornton von Metalsburg, you know, so from the thumbnail, from the look of my logo, all of the thought process should be, this is going to be something exciting, maybe intense, and, uh, you know, it it should scream to some degree metal. And with prog metal, um, which is, you know, the genre I kind of associate myself with, progressive rock and metal, um, you know, it's a genre that is pretty known in um, its own niche circles. In fact, I think most of the guitar scene on YouTube um, within like the most popular people are all aware of progressive rock and metal in some manner. Um, Within our own community, of course, um, Richard E.B. is probably one of the most prominent people playing this particular niche. but you can kind of get away with a lot of different side styles. And again, you know, everyone knows this word gent. <laughs> um, even, even if you don't know like what it is, um, you know, the meme culture and all of these like different kinds of things have just locked in what that is before you click it. So um, I, think, I think that's pretty much uh, the shining star of branding people will know what you're about before they even have to dive into your content um now do you think there's any like sacrifice for people who start worrying about branding or, you know, well negatives? so i i think though that the the, the main thing is the way i understand it branding mm-hmm. requires focus branding requires you know saying this is what i will present here and this is what i will not present and mm. so the weakness I see, the negative that I see is if you are truly doing something new, then there is a challenge in that how do you brand that? How do you brand something that truly hasn't been done before? It's, it's mm. always easy if you can say video games, but jazz or something like that. You know, video games, but prog or something like that. <laughs> right, but, right. But how do you communicate something that hasn't been done before. And I know that, you know, some people would say there's nothing new under the sun. Everything's been done before. Oh, I don't say that. The sun hasn't been around forever. Well, <laughs> but I, I see your point. And, um, and that's the thing with a lot of these uh, formats. And that's where I think it kind of goes into quality. And, you know, if you, if you get something so sensationally unique and fantastic that people are talking about it and just going crazy about it. I don't think you'll suffer that kind of issue. Like Star Wars, for example. It isn't exactly something new, but in 1977, it was like the the highest risk proje- project ever. And obviously yeah. no one had done a space opera like that. And yeah. all of a sudden, um, you know, because people talked about its quality, its charm, its uniqueness, so on and so forth, it, it it developed its own niche to where now people are all like M- Star Wars but metal and right 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 
So, I mean, maybe there's something to it. Maybe the effectivity well, I, of the brand comes from, like, its own success. Well, I, got, I have another negative then. Sure. Um, it, 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 there is a risk that you'll be pigeonholed and you'll mm. be stuck in your niche. And so the, the – Very good. On the one hand, it's really good because you have this name recognition. Oh, this is the guy who does X. But on the other hand, if that's not all you want to do, mm -hmm. then you risk – not being able to get out of there. And so this is this is kind of the thing where I was saying, if I am known as the Kirby cover musician, I mean, maybe right. that's fine. <laughs> but if it's not what I want to do and I want to be able to branch out, then yeah. that is a, a, a risk. Um, and I so I think that the, the challenge I've heard from most people who dislike the concept of narrowing down to a particular genre is, but I do all of these different genres. So why would I want to only right. communicate one. And, I don't think uh, versatility is considered like sexy, if that makes sense. Um, well, if you can figure it out, let us know. Um, right? <laughs> like, leave a comment. Uh, obviously, we we love hearing from you guys. And some of the comments that we've gotten from uh, Pixel Mixers, from comments section on YouTube, have been really, really helpful. Cool. I have no idea how we're supposed to end these podcasts, so I guess that means this is how we end them.